The following is a presentation of a word from the Lord. We have gathered this night to remember and to celebrate the birth of Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, also known as Jesus the Messiah, the Christ. While some of us are able to gather here this night, most people around the world are not able to gather in person to celebrate Christmas, but are having to participate by the internet with some kind of online service or video. Sadly, because of this pandemic, this Christmas is a dark time for many people. Some of us have lost family members and friends because of the deadly virus. Some of us have lost our livelihoods, our income, our businesses. Some of us are not sure where we're going to live, where we're going to go, what we're going to do. There seems to be disorder and chaos all around us. And everyone or everything seems to be off balance as the castles of sand that we've based our lives upon seem to be all washed out with this wave of uncertainty. This pandemic has also created an incredible amount of isolation that we've all had to face. Being quarantined and not being able to go out, working alone from home on our computers, Zoom calls and online social networks, rather than connecting people, are actually creating a craving for our inward longing for intimate fellowship with our human beings. And out of all of this, a wave of loneliness is sweeping society. That horrifying feeling that you are all by yourself and there is no one else and there is no way out. And here we are at the end of 2020. Christmas has come again and many of us are hoping to have respite from the personal and societal night. Christmas reminds us that hope has come into the world, that God is still involved in our world and has not left us alone. In a sense, the first Christmas found the people of God in a similar place. The Part of a small minority being oppressed and dominated by the mighty Roman Empire. The land was filled with darkness and despair. The Romans oppressed the Jewish people and all those they conquered. Their sense of justice was not a moral sense of justice, especially from a biblical perspective. The Jewish people did, did have the prophets proclaim that a Messiah would come, and there was that hope. But God had been silent for over 400 years. No prophets speaking the word of God. Yes, there had been some uprisings, but they were quickly smothered out by the Roman Empire. They had a very strong military. And into this dark, hopeless world, a bright star appeared. A miraculous star which clearly spoke a message to those who understood astronomy. A king has been born. A Jewish king has been born. Into this dark world in a field just outside of Bethlehem, the dark night was lit up brightly with angels. As Luke tells it, 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away, we're told that the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Into this dark world, into this dark, hopeless world, a baby comes, born in Bethlehem, just down the road from Jerusalem. But just not any baby. We're told Christ the Lord is born. That is, the Messiah of God is born. Well, how can the Lord be born? Well, this is what makes this so incredible, so miraculous, so impossible. God humbled himself. God subjected himself to be born as a human being. John describes it this way in John 1:14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. The word, the ultimate reality of the universe, all reason, God himself, the word, the Word became flesh, became a human being. J.B. Phillips translates this, The Word became flesh and pitched His tent among us. The message translates this, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. The perfect, ultimate God came into our midst to dwell with us to enter into our world, to live among us, to bring humanity incredible hope in the midst of overwhelming and oppressive darkness. Emmanuel, God is with us. The religious world of the church has called this the incarnation. God himself becoming incarnate in a human body. His ultimate purpose was to lay down this human life as a sacrifice for our sins on a Roman cross, suffering the death penalty for us all. As Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates his own love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Or as the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 1:15, this is a trustworthy statement and worthy of full acceptance Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I'm the worst. The fact that God entered into our reality is quite something once you let yourself begin to really think about it. Well, Jesus would grow up and experience our very existence in every way. 
every way except one. He did not sin against his father. He would serve people. He would heal people of terrible diseases. He would teach the scriptures in clarity so that every day people could understand the word of God. He would do miracles using divine power over nature and the natural laws of the universe. He delivered numerous people from the power of evil and darkness in their lives. And yet, he had a bigger purpose for entering into our reality. To demonstrate God's love for the world by dying for the sins of humanity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Anglican Bible scholar John Stott said it this way, The Son is the Savior we need. Being both God and man, whose birth we celebrate at Christmas and whose death is the only ground on which God can forgive sins today. His death on the cross brought forgiveness of our sins, and His resurrection of the dead brought access to heaven, eternal life for all who believe. And we ought to just stop right there. We could say amen, praise the Lord, hallelujah. But even there, God was not finished. Just as the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, God gives an incredible gift to all who believe, the gift of the Holy Spirit. God himself indwells the believer. God entered the world in Jesus the Messiah. God enters our very lives by the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Listen to how Jesus says it on the night he was crucified. He was telling his disciples that he was getting ready to go away. And in John 14, 16, he says this. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. He dwells with you and will be in you. And why is all of this so important for us now? As in every generation since the first Christmas, if you are a follower of Jesus, he promises that you are not alone. He is with you always. He is with you in everything. He is with you tonight, tomorrow, next week. You are not alone. He is literally with you in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Call out to him. Sometimes all we can do is call his name. Jesus. 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 Call on him and he will be there with you. Jesus. Jesus. Some of you are here tonight or are watching online who have been avoiding God for years. Some of you have turned away from the Lord and have not concerned yourself with his ways for a very long time. Some of you have allowed your circumstances to create a distance between you and the Lord. I beg you to repent to turn back to Him. Turn your heart and your mind back to Him. The Apostle Peter was asked after preaching a sermon about Jesus when which the convicted crowd said, what must we do? And he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent simply means to change your mind, 
to change from living life your way to living life God's way. Krista Williams, a dynamic Bible teacher here in Georgia, defines repentance this way. Repentance isn't about the distance between God and us. It's about the direction we are facing. Am I facing God? Or am I facing my sin, my ambition, my gods, my world? She continues, I can be in close proximity to Jesus. Judas was. The religious leaders were. The question for us is, will you face him or face your sin? In 1870, here in the United States, the people of the United States celebrated their beloved poet, William Wattsworth Longfellow, on his birthday. They held parades, they had parties, they even had special readings of his works. It's unheard of for a poet who was still alive. Now, probably most of us here hadn't even heard of him, much less known of any of his poems, except one, which was not even considered one of his popular ones. The reason we know it is because in the 1950s, Bing, 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 Crosby, Bing Crosby sang a version of it. And in 2008, Cash and Crowns released their version, which immediately became a number one hit song for Christmas. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Goes like this. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet the world's repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom, had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Let me interrupt the poem to share some background to the poem. Longfellow wrote this poem on Christmas Day, in 1863, in the middle of the war between the states, or the Civil War, as some call it, he had lost his second wife two years earlier when her nightgown had caught on fire and burned her to death. She dropped a candle that she was carrying. His first wife, years before, had died giving birth to their child, and both mother and child died in childbirth. What is pertinent about this Christmas was he was still not only outwardly grieving his wife's death, but he'd gotten word that his son had been shot in the war. He didn't know about his son Charles going off to the war to fight for the North until he received the following letter. His son wrote, I've tried hard to resist the temptation of going without your leave, but I cannot any longer. I feel it to be my first duty to do what I can for my country, and I would willingly lay down my life for it, if it be of any good. So he learns that his son is severely wounded. And now it's Christmas Day, and he writes this poem. The poem continues. Then from each black, accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south. 
And with the sound, the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made for long the house, made for long the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. In the midst of his terrible grief, his suffering, his aloneness, Longfellow was able to know the abiding presence of Christ, the one who gives peace on earth and goodwill to humanity. You may be in quarantine this Christmas, but you don't have to be alone. Call on Jesus and he will be with you. You may be isolated this Christmas, but you don't have to be alone. Call on Jesus and he will be with you. You may be living in a time of disorder and confusion, but you don't have to be alone. Call on Jesus, and he will be with you. You may be in the midst of an incredible storm, overwhelmed by the elements of life, but you don't have to be alone. Call on Jesus, and he will be with you and give you that peace on earth in the midst of your storm. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He pitched His tent among us. He moved into our neighborhood. He is here in our very midst. Will you repent and face toward Him? Or will you continue to look away, ignoring His presence in your very life? The choice is yours. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, give you hope. Amen. The preceding was a presentation of A Word from the Lord with Archbishop Foley Beach. For more information on the program, visit awftl.org.